Welcome to Porsche Talk. It's the true story of three strangers who at one time worked at a camp, maybe not together, but at the same camp. Oh, I don't know. And you know what? I will figure this out later. I'm Eric. Uh, that was something. Pops. <laughs> Brockwood Elementary, class of 06, valedictorian. It's me, Morgan. Ew, I hated yeah. that. Yeah, we, I hated everything. I hated rehearse. that more than my intro. We're going to have to rehearse something, so this is smooth for the future. <laughs> I always think yours is going to go longer than that, Ezra. So. Um, <laughs> I, would like like not to, I would like to apologize in advance. By the time we officially announce on the IG the new members, we will have a new intro. Hands down. Because that it's me. Yeah, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a me, a Mario. Okay. You know? <laughs> Got it. Yeah, we talked about this. If you haven't listened to uh, Happy Hour 50, the vodka edition and opening a bar, we did talk about making a new intro, but that was about as far as we got with that. And that's it. Uh, anyway, any pre-topic topics? Anybody have any pre-topic topics? I do not. Okay. I know Morgan doesn't have anything. I have a quick one that I thought about. I feel like I've been seeing a lot on TikTok of like people posting their fitness journeys and how successful they are. And you know what? I'm a little bit tired of success stories. I need to start seeing some failures. I want to wow, see people nice. be honest and be like, I tried to work out. I started taking photos. I did it for like three weeks, and then I quit. I just need some honesty in social media at this point. Um, I'm not mad at that. I think it's stupid. It's like, and it's it's always like the most unrealistic thing where it's like someone started like five years ago, and now they're fucking jacked. And it's like, all right, can we just not see this? Like, I don't then I just feel like I'm a failure for not being fucking immediately jacked and working out for five years straight. So let's just think, get let's let's just get honest on social media about our failures at times. Yeah, I think that, that would do a lot of people benefits. That wouldn't be social media. I feel like most people use social media to lie. It's like they're not it's not their authentic version of themselves. So it'd be strange and now we ask for social media to be honest. I don't need everybody to be honest. I just need some honesty mixed in. It's just mm-hmm. way too much fakeness. Let's be honest, once in a while. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously just posting all of that because they need validation in themselves. Like, I feel like I recently just started working out, and for once, I haven't been posting it on social media because it's just, like, not anyone's business, to be honest. That's Cap. You literally put a video up yesterday in your story of you doing fucking I literally watched you working out yesterday. (laughs) Okay, but that's like at my job, like we were fucking around. So you're not because putting actual workout. workouts out? It's like a wellness center. We mm-hmm. did it for work. It's different. The more I think about it, Morgan might be the worst. She's always posting, I'm getting these fucking vitamin shots. I'm doing cryotherapy. Like, that's might all be one of the perpetrators. I'm promoting my business, though. The your company your business? No, your employer? Yes. <laughs> I work for yeah your employer yeah. don't let niggas start thinking that's yours it ain't <laughs> not Ezra I haven't seen any hashtag ad anywhere so that's even worse Fine. I literally doing? tag them all the time yeah but you got if you're gonna do that you gotta put if you're getting paid to do it you gotta put hashtag ad that's like influencer 101 she Come doesn't on. know she's out the that loop. is not not if I don't work for that company what are you saying literally that? work you do it no it's not for the company <laughs> I'm I'm done with this conversation. Yeah, I was like, what are we... I don't even know. You lost me. Like, okay, so how am I supposed to tell people they should come in and get an IV vitamin drip if I am not getting an IV vitamin drip? You know how you drip? do that? I 
expecting people to put needles in their arms. And if I'm not doing it myself, that's a little shady. You know exactly how you do that? You ask them to do it, and that's it. It ain't your fucking job to be the mascot of the company. You don't have to. You don't got to be shown doing it. I'm sure these people who give these IV drops, they're professionals. That's what they do for a living. It's their careers. What, what are you saying? People come to my job for my Instagram to do like cryotherapy. And stuff. Are they giving you a bag for bringing in clients? Um, I get a bonus if we meet our sales goal. Well, if you get a bag for bringing in clients, keep doing what you do. If they're not paying you, then fuck them. Yeah, I feel like with all the advertising you get, you need like, is there a referral system with this? Like, they I mean, come in like, oh, I saw Morgan's Instagram. Give me the cryo. I don't know what you guys aren't understanding though. Like, what? Like, <laughs> they're coming in and paying for services. Yes, no, we get that. They are coming in. They are using your service. Our question is: Is there a referral bonus? Is are you getting paid because they saw your shit on your Instagram? No, but I get my. Okay, then, then it don't <laughs> matter. Them putting on your Instagram does nothing because you're not getting paid from it. So fuck it. Don't have a cool job. You're gonna get paid regardless. You're gonna get paid regardless. So if you're gonna get paid regardless, don't go an extra mile for the company that's not gonna pay you to bring in clients. Is what we're saying. Let's get into the first topic of the day. Um, I'm gonna start out light because we got some heavier stuff towards the end. Is belonging to a grocery store that requires a membership a sign of elitism? So if you got a Sam's Club, a Costco. Something else. If you got that, BJ's, are you are you better than other people? Does Trader Joe's need a membership or not? No, it's just it just makes you feel like you don't belong unless you're like a granola person. Um, I think it kind of is low key. I think belonging to like a Costco, a Sam's Club, a BJ's is elitism at at least a small scale. I do have a Costco membership. My family always has. I ended up getting my own this year. Well, me and Mariah got one. Um, I just feel like out here, the grocery stores be run down. They don't be having groceries. They be understaffed. It's kind of dingy and dirty. You go to Costco, it's clean. They got fresh produce. They got, they, they shelves is stocked. They freezers is stocked. It's like they care about you a little more. And it sucks because not everybody's afforded the luxury of like having a grocery store where it seems like they care. Some people got to go to the like local trash Walmart. But I do think it's a little elitism that there are grocery stores that have memberships and they treat us better. Yeah, that's why I love Whole Foods and Wegmans. Oh, Wegmans is also super nice as well. Yes, I feel like definitely if you go to Wegmans, you're definitely a rich bitch. Yeah, I think the, I mean, I can get going to like a Costco or a Sam's Club and that kind of stuff, especially if you have a family. Like, it just makes sense to buy things in bulk. Um, I mean, like, as like when you go to Costco, like, how many things are you buying in bulk? A lot. Um, what we learned is, like, stuff, freezer stuff. So if you're going to get, like, a fridge stuff, like yogurts and stuff, those are fine. Maybe if you need a, not pasta, because they don't do pasta, which is bizarre to me. Um, we get all of our meats, like, once a month. So we'll get, like, a big pack of chicken, and it'll come with, like, six sections or sausages or bacon. Because like you said, the bulk does become an issue. It's got to be stuff that you don't mind freezing. Because you're going to pay like $30 for like six packs of chicken or like six packs of bacon. 
So it's got to be stuff you're willing to like leave one out to use this week and throw the rest in the freezer. Um, outside of that, you can almost only do like meats, maybe some refrigerated stuff. You can't really get any produce there. You can't really get any toiletries there because I like, guess just two of us. So like we would be throwing out shit regularly. Yeah, I think that's the bigger issue when you're like kind of I think in the phase that we're all in where we don't need necessarily to buy everything in bulk. So it's like, hey, if you're going to go in once a month and get your meats and stuff, that's fine. I think it makes sense. So what, what do you do when you're doing your other grocery shopping? My other grocery shopping, we have a giant eagles out here. They're not giants. We had to learn the hard way. It's not giant. They're called giant eagles. Um, I guess it's a Midwest thing. We <laughs> tend to just hit those. We'll hit the – there's like one Walmart we don't mind. It's a little cleaner. So I'm like in a nicer like subdivision part of uh, Cleveland. So we'll go out to that one if we got to for like toiletries and stuff, but for like pasta or like eggs and like just general things that you're going to like grab to like make a little meal this week and you need one or two things, we go to the Giant Eagle. The Giant Eagles are a little cleaner. They're a little nicer, nowhere near as crowded or run down. Um, Walmart's definitely the last option out here. So, but yeah, like you were saying, Costco's kind of rough because as much as I want to get everything there in one haul, I, it would make no sense for me to get eight things of salt in one setting. I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. I also feel like buying stuff in bulk, like unless you have a good storage option, like you are kind of shit out of luck. Cause then what are you just going to do? Start like piling stuff, putting it in like random closets. Like it's not the most efficient if you're living in like apartments and stuff like that. I could not agree more. Like paper towels, toilet paper, and definitely meat. Is all I would need from Costco. You're not wrong. The paper towels I don't be getting from Costco, so I'm not going to lie. I'm going to show my colors right here. I am very cheap. And Walmart got them 60 cent paper towels. So I'll get like 10 of those for $6 before I pay $8 for a pack of four at Costco. Things like, I feel like things like that, I'm not like cutting myself short by like going cheap. Toilet paper, paper towels, bottled water. Like I'll get the cheap version of those, no problem. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely certain things that I don't mind just getting the store brand or whatever. Like, I don't need... It just depends. Like, there's certain stuff where I'm just like, I need the actual brand for it because there's a difference. But a lot of stuff, there's really not much of a major difference. Yeah. Like, the bottled water. The store brand water is, like, $2 cheaper than, like, the Deer Park or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get the store brand. Oh, and everybody knows, like, all four of the brands you usually see are all owned by the same water company. Literally. Just different packaging. It's crazy people don't realize that yet. Yeah, that was one of the things when I worked at a grocery store. I was like looking at it one day and I was like, oh, this is literally all of the same brands besides like one. I use a Brita. Nah, Brita not cleaning this water in Cleveland. I'm not going to lie. This is <laughs> <shit>, <laughs> <shit> dirty. Jesus. Um, I wouldn't mind if we had one closer that wasn't out the way. I wouldn't mind going to a Costco. Um, we usually go to like, there's like a nicer, like it's a Schnucks. It's like a nicer, kind of like an Acme kind of thing, if you know that. Um, or there's like a Walmart, and then there's like other, like kind of more expensive stuff, and there's Aldi's and stuff. I don't know. Walmart just, it makes sense if we're getting like a big trip and like restocking on certain things. Like it's, it's going to be a lot cheaper than going to Schnucks. But man, sometimes Walmart, I don't have the energy for that. So I would just 
bite the bullet and go to Schnooks and just take those couple couple bucks on the chin for it. Walmart went too hectic for me. Um, one of my boys, Kevin, he put me on a little while back, and he was like, "Yeah, I can't be buying grocery stores from a store that don't just sell groceries." And I was like, "You know what? Walmart do sell a little bit of too much for me to keep getting my groceries for them niggas." Um, we got a super Walmart out here. They do it all. Yeah, I don't. That's like all of ours. I don't really like that. The more I start to get into it. Um, also Target, I'm never shopping at Target for groceries. My little sister down in Alabama, um, she, she got sick from going to Target. She's pregnant right now, went to the doctor and her doctor was like, oh yeah, don't be going to Target. Cause what they do there is they'll package the expired meat with like one or two pieces of regular meat and then sell it. And I was like, yeah, so, um, I'm slandering Target from here on out. What? Yeah. That's how they was moving meat. It was like a known thing down South apparently. Like, cause you know how, like, when you like buy skinless chicken or like fucking skinless thighs or whatever, and it'd be like in a fucking package thing, like you can see they weighed it, wrote on it, all that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently they be taking like the expired meat and they just mix it with the regular meat and they be selling it. Well, I don't, I don't know why you would ever buy groceries like that from Target. Um, like, if I'm being honest, people do it all the time. If I'm, I know, but people be I don't... doing it. I would buy from Target before Walmart. Target at least feels cleaner than Walmart. Well, for both of them, it just, it does weird me out. Unless it's like boxed stuff or wine, stuff like that. Uh-uh. I'm not going to go to their frozen sec or like their like meat. Yeah, I'll be done. fish, like you're buying fish from there. That's Oh, gross. God, no. Walmart, that is just <laughs> I wish we had a uh, Costco closer. We went like one time when Anna's mom was here. She had a membership. We drove out the way, and I was like, "This is great." I just don't want to do this. Like, or thinking about doing that drive on like a Tuesday to get groceries, I would hate myself. Nah, bro, this is what you got to do because we got to go about 25 ish minutes to our Costco too. Probably twenty twenty five minutes. You're just about thirty out the way. What you got to do for real? You got to go on a Saturday. You got to go early on Saturday because that bitch is gonna be crowded. But then you just get all your grocery shopping out for the week, and it's worth it. Because then you don't have to deal with your nasty Walmart. You don't got to pay a little more than other fancy grocery store. It pays off. So my question, do you, either of you have experience with a Sam's Club? I've been in a couple Sam's Club. To me, Sam's Clubs and BJ's feel broke for real. Like, mm. they high, they're, a little, they're a little high class still. But, like, that's the broke version of Costco. Because there's one, but it's, like, right, literally right next to the Walmart because they're, like, owned by the same company yeah i was like whenever we go, to, we go to walmart i'm just like i mean what what real difference am i gonna get from it's just gonna be different packaging more in my mind at least it's, probably, it's gonna be different packaging more bulk items um that's pretty much it. it's the same product you mentioned all these morgan since you're from northern virginia you also should know this about all these because people who are not in virginia be shopping at all these and be going to all these do you I not do you, you said what I've never been there. Um, have you at least heard that all these is trash? Because everybody I know be like, yeah, all these be selling expired food. That's I don't know anyone from Northern Virginia who be going to all these because of that. Wait, no, I did go there once uh, when I was visiting Virginia for my friend's wedding, and they had such cheap shit. It was like a really weird grocery store. Yeah, it'd be like aisles. Like it was just like strange. I felt strange being there. But the wine was like four dollars. Yeah. So. All these like the thrift shop version of a grocery store, which weird to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
I'm not shopping at no fucking grocery thrift shop. The only no, time I went to a Sam's Club was um, like I was selling AT and T in a really <laughs> racist part of Georgia, and I just I didn't get a good experience from it. I couldn't tell you much about the store because I left. But yeah, yeah. I went to I went to an Aldi. I think one time because I think I saw on like a TikTok they had like chicken nuggets that were like the same ones that they use at chick-fil-a first of all it was not aldi it was something else um so i was first off angry that i went in there thinking i had it and i didn't but also i definitely got a weird vibe when i was in there i like this whole store just feels like a pop-up like swap meet for groceries literally (laughs) it's like weird it's like it just feels wrong yeah i just i don't know and there's no order like you could be looking at Rice Krispies, and right next to the Rice Krispies can be pasta, and on the other side of the pasta can be, like, fucking canned milk. And I'm like, what is this grocery store? They did have some, like, really interesting options, though. I forget what they were, but, like, their chips and stuff. I remember we bought some, took them back to the hotel room, and it was yum. And the wine. You just can't beat those prices. I think I'll pass. I might check it for the wine, but that's it. It's like good wine, too. Mm, I'm going to have to double check that. I'll probably just go to the liquor store. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was like barefoot. Oh, brother. I'll just go to Total Wine. Yeah, at that rate. (laughs) Um, All right, next topic. I had this thought the other day because Anna showed me some girl on TikTok who's like a stripper who was like, made like, you know, $4,000 in a week. So in my mind, I'm thinking, what do strippers do when they get out the game? Now, we had a little brief discussion about this and you were like, they just go like, go get a job. But my thing is like, if you've been stripping since let's say you were like 18 all the way into the end of your prime, that's all you've been doing. Probably not the best just cause you want to probably have some fallback or something. But like when you retire from the game and let's say you don't have enough money to retire on, do you just put that on your resume? Like, do you think that's going to affect your ability to get hired at places? Cause you were a former stripper or like what skills do you bring to the table? I don't think you would put that on your resume. I'm sure you go do other things, but unless you were like the manager of this place, I am positive you don't put on your resume that you stripped for the last 10 years. You probably just say you don't have any work history or let them know you don't have previous work history. You like start like from a fresh. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a red flag though. If you're like you could, 35, 40 with no job history. You could just be honest and be like, I honestly haven't had to have a real job until now. And now I really need it. I was going to say, it's probably not that crazy because there's people who had trust funds who've been blessed, stuff like that, where they don't really go work till they like 25, 28 when they finish traveling the world. So that's years of no fucking uh, work experience. So stripping, you probably just say you don't got work experience and look for a job like that starting first. Hmm. I guess I don't account for that. But like if you were a stay-at-home mom and then like your kids left, you might be like 45 and you have no work experience. You might be just like, oh, huh. Well, I'm I can sure just get a job somewhere. I'm sure you wouldn't be able to like go apply to be like the manager, but I'm sure an entry level job would be fine. Big facts. I feel like that, that would be a tough look, but like, let's say you're making like, you know, I'm, I the 4,000 might be high. Let's say you're making 2,000, you know, every week. How, but if like, you're retired, what else are you going to do? Yeah, like, go back stripping or... Like well, I don't know, but my thing is, like, if you're if you're accustomed to such a lifestyle like that, I mean, trying to get, like, a minimum wage job or something is not going to really 
potentially pay the bills at the same time. That's something you got to eat. You chose a career that had a ticking time bomb on it. You knew at some point people was not going to pay to keep watching you strip. So you've got to eat that on your own. We can't we can't help you get over the fact that you got used to living on a four thousand a week budget and now you got to get seven fifty a week. That's on you. Yeah, move to a smaller place. Like cut down the bills. If you were a manager at like let's say whatever job you're at, and someone came in and were where they were in the situation, and they were like honest with you that they were a stripper. Does that affect your view of them at all in hiring them? Or are you, um, are you fine with that? It wouldn't affect anything. I wouldn't really care. Like, what you used to do to make money is what you used to do. I don't give a fuck. I would probably think, like, hey, yo, like, this person don't know boundaries. Because I'd be wondering, <laughs> why did you tell me this when I didn't ask and you did not need to tell me this? Well, maybe you ask, like, oh, you don't really have any work experience. And they're like, oh, yeah, I was a stripper. Yeah, but that don't really count as work experience and, like, Unless you're going to be a stripper somewhere else, I would not count being a stripper as a work experience. So I would, again, just like keep that to myself. So the only thing I'd probably be thinking was like, that's a weird thing to just volunteer to share. Yeah, I feel like especially because you're a guy, that would be weird. (laughs) But if someone were to say that to me, I would not hire them. I would tell them not because of the stripping, but we might have like a trial period and see how you know, she adjusts to the job and then we'll go from there. Because if she can act right in front of a customer and not act like, you know, she was working in a strip club for 10 years, then I don't see a problem in it. I'm not going to lie. When you started that and you were like a trial period, I was like, damn, this is so anti-woman. But then when you said adjust to the job, I was like, actually, this makes sense. Because if you've been working your whole life in a strip club, doing whatever it takes to make money in a strip club, how do I know you know how to work a regular job? Mm. Right. <laughs> um, let's talk about different career stuff. The importance of mentors. You know, we've, we've had people on talking about the importance of mentors. I've said I needed a mentor. I'm still yet to get a mentor. I'm not really sure. Like, how do you just find a mentor? Like, I feel like people just make it seem like it's easier than it is. Uh, it fell on my lap. I've been blessed with some pretty good mentors. Um, it probably is a lot harder to get a good mentor unless you fall under the wings of like some old head at your job. One of the old heads at my job was low-key trying to recruit me to be my mentor too. He was giving me like a lot of sound advice, how I should handle stuff, letting me know the law to land at Cleveland, not to put up with this shit from other niggas. And I was like, you know what? You you almost won the job if I didn't already have people in it. Um, but no, nah, I think like having a good mentor goes a long way. I was just watching an interview with uh, Michael Parsons on Pivot went fucking great and he was just speaking to like how he's avoided so many mistakes or how he's sound with money and like knows about financial literacy and stuff like that and it was literally all because of like good mentorship and i was like you know what a good mentor is like literally step one to being successful honestly yeah because if you have someone who can teach you a lot of things you'll just never learn unless you sort like seek it out I mean, you're 20 steps ahead of people. Like, even the reason I got started investing, like, I think my dad was just telling me to save money, but then I had a manager at my old job who was like, no, you need to start, like, actually investing and, like, putting money into, like, looking to Vanguard, that kind of stuff. And then, like, that kind of put me on my own path of, like, looking into stocks, looking into, like, a Roth IRA, maxing that out, um, crypto, but crypto is a little risky, so I wouldn't necessarily advise it to throw a shit ton of money into that. Um, But, like, that kind of stuff. So if you have someone who can consistently be in your life and is looking out for your best interests and 
trying to guide you in paths and avoid mistakes they made so you can be set up like Super. your steps ahead of everybody else out here who's trying to be too prideful to ask for help or don't have anybody that can turn to or they have to teach themselves which is even worse for sure i've never had like any long-term mentors like life mentors but i would say in my past two jobs i've had uh, the managers of both of them like really take me under their wing to a way like I ended up getting promoted so like that's very beneficial to have someone in your life like that I agree um whether it's career or just life like pretty much both of us all of us have said I think what's underrated or not underrated what's overlooked is it's got to be someone that you trust it's got to be someone you trust to the point where like you know that they've got your best interests at heart Cause like not everybody who give you advice is giving you sound advice. One or two, it's not always coming from a place of like good. So that's like first thing to keep your eye out on. And then you also have to be willing to like put aside your pride to listen to it. Cause the people I have in like mentorship roles in my life, sometimes they be telling me shit I do not want to fucking hear. Like sometimes I'd be like, nigga, get off my fucking phone. But it do be sound advice like a week or two later. And it was always coming from a good place with my best interest in mind. So it's like, damn, at the end of the day, you learn to just eat it. But like, those are definitely two things I say you do got to keep in mind when like appointing. Ah, I'm using the term appointing loosely when you appoint someone to be your mentor. Because kind of like we talked about a while back, like not everybody a leader. And you don't just want to put anybody in a leadership role in your life. And I think most mentors are like leaders within your life. So be careful who you give that power to. Yeah, I kind of have that situation now with my current manager. Like he's a cool guy and like he's definitely trying to, you know, help me further my career. But he only started around the same time I did it where I'm currently at. And I'm like, yeah, you can definitely get me to another level. But I need someone who's like five levels ahead of you to be my mentor because I think they have a more they're more experienced, have more laid land. Like you can only get me so far, but there's nothing wrong with having a little like stepping stone mentor to greater things. Oh, absolutely. That's what they're there for. I think that was a good point you made too. Cause kind of like Morgan says, she says she hasn't had a life one, but she had two career ones. Not every mentor got to be there forever. So that's also like solid. I was thinking you made a good point about hearing things that you don't want to hear at the time. And this even goes back to, what we talked about in the happy hour where people don't necessarily know how to like swallow their pride and like take good advice or chalk things up to the game sometimes. Because like you said, like sometimes you don't want to hear these things, but then you look back, you take a step back, you like really think about it and you're like, you know what? They're right. I just didn't want to hear it at the time, but I needed to hear it because if not, like I'm, I'm not going to be going anywhere at some point. No, that's like very true. We might need to talk on the role of a mentee. Cause not every, you got to be in a position like we we said what you need to do for a mentor and what you should look for in a mentor. You to be a mentee, there's got to be things as well. Like you've got to be somebody, some you got to be somebody that someone feels like they can look at and they can see potential or they can help you grow. Cause I've heard people that are like, well, I never had nobody reach out to me. I ain't never had anybody try to help me or this and that, this and that. I had to get on my own. And when people start saying shit like that, I'm like, yeah, but like you're a fucking dickhead and you're rude. So like. Who do you think is going to go out their way to help you? So that, there are certain things and traits and way you carry yourself that's going to help want, make people want to help you. Do you guys uh, think you've ever been a mentor to someone truly? Hmm. 
a mentor. I haven't. So I'm just gonna go ahead and. Say I don't that. know. I'm not I mean, gonna lie. I like to throw. I like to talk. I like to give people advice, but I don't know if I could say like for sure a mentor about things. Truly a mentor. Truly. I'd truly a mentor. <laughs> that gets tricky to me. Because I think some people might think I was their mentor or I was in a mentor role to them, but I wouldn't have considered them like my mentee. So that makes me like truly think, was I like that? Here's what I'll say. The closest I've been would have been with like one or two kids from camp that can still call me, that can still talk to me, we can still chop it up. But even at that, the two, the two or three that I still talk to like regularly, I don't think I've had enough impact or anything to do with their life to say I was their mentor. So I, I don't think I've been a mentor. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. I was like, sure, you could you could maybe say kids at camp, but I also think it's the same thing of it. It might even just be like we were older. So like, sure, we were older and giving them advice or they can ask questions or stuff like yeah, but I don't think I think the the age aspect because they were so much younger and like learning life. You think like, oh, that could be mentorship, but I think it was more of just like a someone to talk to and bounce things off of. Not, I think mentorship's a little bit different. I definitely agree because I feel like mentorship we're like leading them in a direction or helping them get somewhere, and I ain't help none of them niggas that can't get nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> They already listen. They had that. Yeah. Whatever help they needed, they had it five years before. Fuck, I needed their mentor, bro. Honestly, the amount of kids that like they'd be like, "Oh, my parents would be happy to like do stuff." And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" Like they're like, "Oh, if you want to go to law school, like I could definitely set you up with my daddy's lawyer." And I'm like, "What? Like, are you helping me out now? Do you're like ten years old? Like, what are we talking?" Can about? I call in some of them favors? All of them promised about their dad because ain't none of them hit me yet. <laughs> like, when I get to cash in on these, I might have to. You guys were so lucky you had boys. No, we truly were. We were, but the girls were fantastic. I never had any issues with the girls. Of course. They were nice to you, but no. oh my God. I mean, I loved them, but they were evil. Just depends on the bunch you get, I feel like. She ain't even had a bad bunch for real. Well, they were nice to me. What are you talking made, about here? They made like this one girl, I remember like our my first weekend there switch out. Here's the thing. Are we blaming the kids or are we just some people are built to be camp counselors? I don't even think it's that. I think some of that goes to head staff. I think, especially when it comes to senior side, not some people really take this job like I want to work with kids for the rest of my life. I love camp. We're going to be outdoors. We're going to have fun. That type mm-hmm. of attitude, don't kick it on senior side because they do not give a fuck about that shit. They've been coming here for six years. Their parents make them come. They don't want this happy-go-lucky counselor who wants them up as soon as Reverly goes off and they can't wait to get to lunch. Like, that's not the shit they want. And I think head staff, a lot of the times in the three years I was there, they put counselors on senior side who probably should have been with, like, six, seven-year-olds with that type of energy. Yeah. I mean, CIT summer. Yeah. And it's like, oh, hell yeah. And it's (laughs) like, bro, like, that's, that's on you. Because you did all these emails, you asked all these questions. Why you got this shorty working with 15-year-old girls in? All she want to do is talk about musicals and put burrets in their hair. Like, clearly, they're not going to like this shit. <laughs> well, think about, I remember my first summer when, um, what? I, oh, God, Berlin's, like, whole bunk of them. Yeah. Like, I mean, you. Like, I think they put Chip with them in life. At that point, you're just kind of like, 
I don't hands up, like I don't know what to do. Like they're not going anywhere. I don't know what to tell you anything. Yeah, that was my first bump my first year. And they had me, Dame, and Willie Wills. And then they came back the next year to some fucking lames. There was no way he was gonna work. That shit was not gonna work. It's it's they were just there. Like you you're just like I I got I saw five of them leave at some point. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I got a New Zealander boyfriend, a Kiwi boyfriend. Okay, now that we've concluded this, because we, we done gone off the rails, and now she's talking about her love life. <laughs> um, Let's switch back to the, the like, being being able to be, like, a mentee. Like, do you, do you need to be seeking people out? Or, like, I feel like you need to show some promise, like we've said. Like, you can't be someone who's just, like, slacking around and then hoping someone's going to, like, pick you up and like help you out like you you have to show some type of promise or some type of drive because like people don't want to waste their time on something that there's they're not going to see any you know results from at the same time drive and ambition i like that you said drive ambition i think you've got to be well spoken for if you're well spoken for people are more willing to want to help you if you're a good conversationalist you're polite you have manners all that stuff all those things go a long way and it gets overlooked but i do want to hear from morgan because she said like she had two career mentors so that means they had to see something in her at the job to want to like give her guidance yeah okay well for the job i have right now um i work at a wellness center and i started working there less than a year ago um and my boss she's black i don't know we just she's like really cool she's 27 so that makes it really easy to connect with and she kind of just groomed me into becoming the assistant manager so like maybe six months after I started the job, I already got promoted and now she's trying to become the regional manager. So like she's already like guiding me to what she does on a daily basis. So like when she leaves, I'm not just fucked and I have it all, you know, on lock and shit. So like I that's that. like I can really appreciate that because that's huge. No, now that I think that. about it, I think I had. I don't know exactly about mentor, but I think they were very close. Like when I first started at my old job, uh, the lady who trained me, like definitely looked out for me. And even the manager, once I switched teams, kind of looked out. Um, Because when I was like talking to them about potentially leaving and stuff, like they gave me a shit ton of good advice. And like I found out like one of my, my old manager was the one who ended up making it so I wasn't on contract and got full time anymore because my current or my, I guess my current manager at the time didn't like speak up and say anything. And I, as Morgan was saying, I was thinking about like, I don't want to bring race into it necessarily, but I do think the all the like kind of quote unquote career mentors I've had have been minorities. Mm-hmm. And I think there is something to be said, like you have to kind of look out for your own and jobs that are predominantly not minority based, you know, Absolutely. Like a lot of people that I was close with minorities and it might be because we were the minority at the job. Absolutely. Um, like I said, the old dude who's looking out for me, black. My best friend at the last job, black. That was my boy. It's easier to like flock to each other because, like you said, we are the minority there. And I feel like for I can't speak on like her, the twenty seven year old, because all like the same age, all like friends at this rate. But for the older generations, would it be like old heads in there? They like to see a young person come in, do their shit, do a good job. Like they, they want to help you then. Because they probably seen one or two, sadly, come in there and fuck up and get sent out of there. So, like, when someone come in and do right, they willing to help. Yeah, for sure. Like, um, you see, well, I don't know if you guys have seen, but on my Instagram, I post one of our nurses, Cheryl. Um, she's, like, this older black lady. Um, she's all about, like, 
black and woman empowerment um but every day like she just always helps me out as much as she can as she can um when I didn't have a car like she would drive me like home or like pick me up and she just always had my back and it's like her and my manager you just it makes me like want to come to work and give it 100 percent and like not let them down damn they need to take this snippet and make it their commercial that they show employees <laughs> on day one of training. Right? Not everybody's getting that treatment, though. <laughs> Let it be known. But um, another good thing I was thinking about, when people go to, like, AA or, like, Talk. any type of mm. like, meetings, mentorship is, like, super huge for them. Oh, that's true. Now you do need that buddy to keep you on the straight and narrow. And it goes back to like they've experienced, you know, the same thing that you have, and they're looking out for you, answering any questions that they've definitely experienced along the way. Would you guys ever do like the big brother, like big sister, any of that kind of stuff where it's like you, in, when you're older, you look out for like kids in your communities that you, you know, want to help out? I knew you were going to say that before you said that. I would not <laughs> do like a big brother, little brother thing, but at my local church, I would do like a youth program or like try to help out with the youth there. I would like it in a more, I would like it in a more structured setting than like the big brother, big sister type shit. I would want it in a more structured setting and I would want the setting to be religious because as a religious man, I'm sorry to say it. I do think there's a lot of good lessons you can learn and instill in a young man trying to make it or a young lady trying to make it. And I think that would, like, be the ultimate help to them. Um, and I think that might be the safest environment to mentor somebody. So I would do it in, like, a youth setting through a church. But that would probably be the only way. One last question. If you had kids, would you be offended if they were looking towards other people for mentorship? Not in, like, a career sense, but more like a life sense. No. Like, would you feel offended they didn't come to you about things? I would be a little hurt if, like, they never talked to me about their life or their problems. But at the same time... Actually, it's hard to say because I don't got kids. But right now, looking at it, I don't think I would because I get it. And I know what I've gone through like the last 10 years or whatnot of like having a mentor, having people to talk to. Sometimes you just don't want to hear from your fucking parents. Your parents, when they write, is the worst feeling ever. When they told you not to do fucking something and you did it and you still fucked up, ain't no worse feeling than that. So I'd rather hear from somebody, not them. Sometimes that separation is just good for you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's tough to say because, you know, I don't have kids, but I feel like I would be hurt. Um, Like Ezra said, I guess it depends on if they're just completely shutting you out of their life or not. But if it was like womanly things, I would be kind of hurt for sure. I think it would suck in the moment. Like, damn, my kid didn't feel like I was like a good enough person that they wanted to go to. But there is something to be said about sometimes you do just want to different or separate opinion to talk about things just because it's different different voices different experiences and stuff like that let's end this with a heavy hitter we didn't talk about it a couple weeks ago we're going to talk about it now everyone grieves differently but when do you step in and tell someone the grieving method is bad dangerous unhealthy then we're also a little little caveat throw in there a little add-on the drastic and different ways that people grieve that's definitely a heavy hitter. It is a heavy hitter. Um, I was talking about, not talking about this. Uh, the reason I sent this is because I was watching something. 
And Sodi was talking about the amount she started drinking after the passing of her mother. And that's what I'm... Grieving is seen different. Some people don't get out of bed. Some people act like nothing happened at all. Some people drink. Some people turn to something else. Some people indulge in food. But like, as a friend, as a loved one, as a family member, when do you step in like, hey, yo, this ain't cool. Because like, if it's drinking or they're not getting out of bed, do you give it a week? You give it two weeks? You give it a month? I feel like that's just a tricky situation. Like, how long am I going to let somebody make their situation worse? Because at the end of the day, even if we're siblings, I can't speak on the relationship you had with our family member that died. So this could truly affect or impact you worse than it affected me. So how am I going to step in and be like, all right, shorty, like, it's done. She did. Let it go. I mean, I... I I think it's just when it comes to stuff like drinking or like drug use, like that can just get so out of hand so quickly. So it it's almost like you do, although you don't want to stop anybody from grieving. I think when it gets to like when you're making unhealthy decisions, like, you know, if you want to have the, the night of the funeral, like everybody goes out to a bar and drink, celebrate their life. Hey, that's fine. But then, like, several days, and I, like, I come over, and you just, at 10 a.m., and you smell, like, 15 beers deep, and you haven't showered in three days, and you're, like, continuing to drink in the morning, like, that that's a red flag, and then we're making decisions that we shouldn't be doing. So, I feel like that's when you, you would need to step in, because you don't want, if you let it go for two, three weeks, like, that's not even, like, a once in a while thing that's like a steady habit and like that's terrible for you so you're saying Who knows you, how long it's going to take you to get out of it so you're saying you nip it in the butt that soon i, I mean, mean like why not that it's like tough because i feel like if it was alcohol i might give it maybe a month a month <laughs> well i mean like 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 maybe two weeks a month but Listen to what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or like until like it's re- like I can see that it's affecting your life like in a major way. Like you're skipping work too much, or like I can see that you're driving um, yourself or like your kids, and like I can smell that you've been drinking. Like obviously, that's when you should immediately step in. But it's it's like even with drugs, like I don't know, like are they smoking weed too much, or if they're are they doing heroin? If they're doing heroin, I'm going to step in right away. So it's very subjective. All right. What about like, it's, it is very subjective. That's what makes it tricky. Like, we're not saying they're self-harm like that. None is just unhealthy. They've been in bed for a week straight. Like, at some point, it's like, bro, I do need to, ch- I need to let you know, like, hey, you got to get out of bed. You got to eat something. But at some point, like, you my boy, you just lost your dad. You probably like, nigga, shut the fuck up. Like, I can't, I ain't lost my dad. So I can't know what you're going through. So I don't know if maybe I'm coming over too soon. Maybe you need a couple more days. It's like a weird boundary. Yeah. But like you, you also, you can't be responsible for checking in on someone every day, every couple hours. Like there's just not, it's just not possible. Like it's, it's not going to be sustainable. So that's why I'm almost like trying to nip things in the butt because like, you know, Let's say you you see him at a funeral, maybe you check in on a couple of days and then you get really busy at work and life and then you don't see him for two weeks. They've been like on a huge bender. Like, wouldn't you feel like, oh, fuck, I should have stepped in sooner when I saw him doing this two like two weeks ago kind of stuff. 
you probably will feel kind of bad about that. Um, no, no, you'll absolutely feel bad about that. I had a follow up before we get to the follow up to your follow up. Um, mm-hmm. Is there any level of like, at any point, are we like factoring in what we conceive as like worthy of grieving on? Because to me, I might be more willing to step in if I think what you're grieving over don't deserve this grief. And that sounds selfish. It probably also sounds assholey, but I'm more willing to step in when I'm like, hey, you doing too much? I might come earlier than if I think you have a valid reason. If I think you truly like need to grieve and I understand you lost your close family member and all that, I might give you, kind of like Morgan said, I might kind of step back as long as I'm not seeing no super, super red flags. I might let you drink for two, three weeks, get it out of your system. Hopefully you better. Right. But if your cat died in this week three of <laughs> you fucking drunk off tequila, I'm going to be like, yo, like, what the fuck wrong with you? You probably get like two, knew it. You probably get like two days. I'm going to be like, hey, yo, like this weird. I knew you were going to say some animal thing. I knew it because it, it is like the most ridiculous thing if someone was like three weeks into their cat dying and they're fucking still ripping shots. Like we got to put an end to this. Yes. Okay. So like I could definitely see like someone taking a really long time if they lost like the love of their life. But I came across this really weird TikTok on Instagram today. And it was like this girl who lost her boyfriend, I guess. So I went to her page and this girl had maybe eight months of just random pictures with this guy. Like It looks like they did a lot, but um, it didn't really look like they were official. And like she would keep putting um, the screenshots between them. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, just let me know if you need anything. Like, always have your back. But he just like, didn't sound like they were together. And she kept posting, like, all this stuff, like, I can't believe, like, you're gone. You were the love of my life. Like, I plan on having my babies with you. And she's been posting it for a while, it looks like. And it's just, like, I feel like her family should step in and be, like, maybe you shouldn't be posting this stuff on social media. Like, it's coming off weird. And I hate to say, I don't know her, but just, like, through his screenshots, they weren't together. She's kind of just blowing it out of proportion. I have, I have two thoughts. The first one, remember the beginning of the uh, podcast when I said we need honesty on social media? We don't need it to be that honest. Um, second off, it sounds like he was she was probably a side chick who just caught way too many feelings, the way you're describing it. It does give side chick vibes. Again, not everything belongs on social media, but in the same breath, First off, I hope she's not doing no weird shit. She probably need to chill because it sounds like this has been going on for a very long time. So she's past whatever grieving period I could give her. But at the same time, that's, that goes into everybody grieve differently. I know people who have been like crippling upset that their coworker died that they barely knew. And they like upset. I seen her every day. We talked every once in a while. And they like are in tears that their coworker died. And it's like, did y'all have this type of relationship? But... I feel like it's a dangerous game when you start questioning the relationship somebody think they had with somebody and if they're valid for grieving. I just think people do a lot on social media for clout, basically. Because, like, you made a whole TikTok about it. Oh, you're not wrong. I would need to personally see her grieving in real life. If you're doing all that on TikTok, I, I hate to be this person. You better be, you better have not left your room in two weeks and you drunk off the tequila every night. 
your grief need to be bad. I think it's like you're taking so much time to put it on social media. Like, I, I just think if you were really upset about it, like, I wouldn't even be thinking about making this TikTok, making regular posts about it. Like, I would be upset. And I, I think it's more of it's like the, the initial, hey, if you want to put something out and then like grieve to yourself, cool. And then, you know, the yearly anniversary, if you want to do that, fine. But I think when you're like going heavy into making TikToks, posting on a regular basis, like, I think that's a little weird. I think it's it's more than just grieving. I think you're like, not exactly the clout thing, but I think it's very close to it. Yeah, if I was the family, I'd probably have to step in. I think, I mean, it's just not, it's not a great look. Like it's just it it gets a little weird kind of vibes at some point. No, it definitely gives off weird. Because again, you said it was like more. You said it was like eight months. It's not like you have been dating for four years. You know, when you got you had just gotten engaged. You're planning a wedding, and then you lose them. That's that. I truly hate shit like that. I don't like when I see people. I don't like when I see people post like this. Is gonna sound kind of crazy. Well, not kind of crazy. Um, I don't like when I see like friends of people post on instagram and whatnot rest in peace or make like if it's on your story uh okay uh, but okay but like when you make a whole post it's like rest in peace so and so we lost an angel this and that this and that because it feels like performative and i'm like y'all went to social media to do that this person mom his baby sister his cousin they in real life crying in a house right now and you posting this for like social media likes it just feels very weird to me yeah, I just, I mean, again, it goes back to, I don't think if I lost someone close, like, my initial thoughts would be, I need to post this on social media. I mean, I don't even post anything on social media. The only thing I post is fucking podcast stuff, nine times out of ten. So maybe I'm a little bit different, but I, I don't know. I just feel like that's, that's, that's always been weird to me to a certain extent. I think, you know, I'm, I'm fine one post here or there when it first, you know, maybe not when it first happens, but, you know, hey, the went to the funeral, put them to rest, whatever, that kind of stuff, but... I mean, I guess there's just, there's levels to it at this point. And you better be close. Yeah, I bet y'all better be damn near best friends. Because don't let me find out you wasn't even like invited to the funeral. Like if you wasn't even invited to the funeral, if the family don't even know you, you don't got no business doing none of these like performative actions to me. That is the weirdest shit ever. If if I die, knock on wood, because I'm, I'm good right now. But if I was to pass away and there was some niggas doing some weird shit like that and my moms don't know you, none of my friends know you, none of my family know you, I hope somebody would check you and be like, hey, yo, like, uh, how you know Ezra? Because I ain't never heard of you. God, that's funny because we have like a couple topics that we that are also related to funeral stuff. We'll have to, you know, this little tease, we'll do them for another episode. But we definitely have some uh, some funeral questions, which I think is kind of interesting that mm-hmm. that's even a fucking thing. Any any last thoughts on anything grieving wise? Do we do we really figure out like when we need to stop stop people from doing it, or is it just way too subjective to have like a hard line, like your eight hours of sadness? Unlike the eight hours of sadness, it seems it seems you got at least for me. I'm gonna end with my piece by saying I've got to step in when I think it is harmful or unhealthy. The moment it gets harmful or unhealthy is when I've got to step in. Yeah. Once it's detrimental to your life, we got to talk. It's it's just so tough because there could be so many different ways. Like if someone's just sitting around in bed, how long do you just let them do that for? Do you force them to go on a walk? I don't think that's detrimental, though. They're just laying around and being depressed. Like they're probably still in shock. Yeah, but but how long can that go for? Well, 
I mean, like, if it's happening for longer than a few weeks, then maybe they should go see therapy or, like, you should take them out for a walk probably before therapy. Like, just get them out to see how they feel. But, like, if someone, let's say their whole family just died in a car crash, like, I feel like three weeks for them sitting around their house being depressed is pretty normal. I mean, yeah, if you lose multiple family members, I mean, <laughs> I think you get, like, additional time added on. <laughs> Not additional. You say rollover. <laughs> okay, well, um, a mom who just lost her baby. Like, I, who are we to say, like, what amount of time people should grieve for? I mean, unless it is, like, a cat. But, I mean, some people, like, really love their cats. Nah, I mean, the cat really one you got it. pets you got to cut off. You get like two days, and then you got to keep it moving, bro. And two days is too generous for real. I actually saw oh, a story wow. the other day. Um, very quick, random side note, not super random. Are y'all aware? Like the number six cause for divorces, like parents who lose a child. I could see. That. I could see that because people I- it, it almost ties in with like people grieving at a different rate. So it's generally one person is ready to move on way sooner than the other. And then they can't keep waiting around for the other person to like move past it. That's like in every single movie. That is a pretty like stereotypical lifetime movie. Yeah. Cause you just, it's such a big shock and like people are just processing on a different level or they just like, especially God forbid something happens and like one of the parents were involved, like a car accident or something. Yeah. Like, they'll probably just blame you, unfortunately. Like, if I was there, this wouldn't have happened. Or if I was driving, you know, like, why well, why are you gonna, taking a soccer practice? I was going to say, even the other person, like, the one who wasn't involved at all, probably, or I don't know, they might not even feel a certain type of way about it. But you just feel so guilty and you're constantly thinking that they are blaming you when they're not. And that probably uh, causes some friction as well. You're just so emotional. Like, you're probably just doing some shit you probably wouldn't even normally do. Just picking fights, arguing about dumb shit, and then you just say some dumb shit. You know what? I'm done with your ass. Divorce. It probably comes... I don't know. Because I I don't super grieve in the first place. Haven't had, it, haven't had to yet. Hopefully, don't have to for a long time. But just, like, emotionally, I'm going to move on because tomorrow still tomorrow type of person. Losing a child, I could imagine, hopefully never happens again. I could imagine being something very difficult. Because I couldn't imagine waking up every day to somebody like crippling, depressed over a child we lost two years ago. And the story I was reading, Shorty lost their kid eight years ago. And like, it's still harping on their lost kid. At some point, not harping, because like, you did lose your kid. But at some point, I got to be like, yo, the kid not coming back. For this to ever work. You got to wake up and realize the kid is not coming back. Yeah, I mean, he there's die nothing. Or was he kidnapped? You said what? Did he die or was he kidnapped? No, he was. He he died. Okay. <laughs> yeah. See, I feel like with that eight years, it's almost like listen, you're, you're. It's not like you're moving on, like forgetting them. Like you can still remember them, but you only have one life to live. Like you do need to live it while you can. If anything, live it in memory of your lost kid. I agree. You know, I feel like you would like the video I saw today. It was like a professor told a class a joke. Everybody laughed. Cool. Says it again. A couple people smiled. Third time he does it, no one really laughs. And he was like, you know what? It's interesting that when I do that, 
by the third time, no one's laughing, but we continually cry about the same thing over and over again. I was like, you know what? That's some shit Ezra would say and appreciate. I'm telling you right now, the way people cry will always amaze me. And again, I tell I tell people I like to preference it with like I am not the toughest nigga alive. I am not the strongest nigga alive. I guess I was just raised different by my southern parents who have like their own imprints on what masculinity is and what it is not. And growing up that way and then just living, the things that I have seen people cry over that I be sitting thinking in my head like, damn, y'all niggas are pussy, or my mom would have beat you, or like my dad would not let this shit fly in his house. You cry over grades. You be crying because you had a bad day. You cry because you had a speeding ticket. It blows my mind. Like, bro, I can't. I can't give other people reasons to cry. Like, but to me, I just be sitting here like, bro, y'all, y'all not really crying over this. If you gonna cry, cry for something worth crying for. Like, I just, uh, it's weird to me. I'll never understand it. And people tell me I'm crazy for it, but like, I will never understand how niggas be crying over like the weirdest minimalist shit ever. Like parents bury their kids every day and you crying for your speeding ticket. What are you getting from that? What do you get for that two minute cry session you just had? Like, I don't, I don't understand. That's just weird to me. Morgan, are you a crier? No. Morgan's a cry baby. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> That's cap. I'm definitely not a crier. So what you be crying over? Okay, well, actually, I will say movies have made, like, movies and shows, like... Morgan, if you've been crying over movies and shows, you are a cry baby. Like, this <laughs> yeah, is what shit happened in your life. You cry over movies? I don't cry over, like, my life, though. I just cry, like, about movies. Oh, I feel like it's worse to cry over a movie. Yeah, it's worse. I think it's because I just don't deal with my life problems, so I'll just... Do it through the movies. Do you at least be like seeing other people cry and be like, hey, yo, that's like pussy? Do, do, do that thought process go through your mind at all? If like I'm watching a movie with a guy or something, he would start crying? No, like if you was talking, just in general, if you had male friends and they was telling you, male or female, and they was like telling you, yeah, I got a speeding ticket today and I was crying. Yeah, no, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a sensitive person like that. I don't really give a fuck. Like, yeah. it's so fucking stupid. Yeah, y'all didn't Unless know. It's a we, movie. Y'all didn't know when we got Morgan on the cast. I was getting someone closer to me. She's not with that pussy <laughs> shit. And doesn't care about her life, but goddamn, a Lifetime movie comes on and hits Morgan different. <laughs> it does. All right, as quick porch talk, sports talk, divisional round. Probably one of the best weekends of football we've had by far. Not literally even. best weekend of football I've ever seen. It was a shame I couldn't go four for four, but I did go three for four on the upsets. People were telling me I was crazy for picking the 49ers over the Packers. And I was telling them, this Niners team is way nicer than that trash Packers team. Y'all just ain't been watching. And just like that, they got them out the way. Um, I guess hot takes. Rams are way better than um, any team in the playoffs right now. I think it's easy. They had four fumbles and still won a game against a very good team. Um, Bengals are a problem. I'm going to take the Bengals to, pick, to beat the Chiefs. They're a problem. Um OT rules, a lot of people aren't happy that Josh Allen didn't get to touch the ball. Yeah, I think I had a good idea. I think it's everybody's trying to make things way too complicated. They're like, oh, if you score, you got to go for two and then you win. Or, oh, we'll do like 
fucking kicks or something. I'm like, no, it's not that hard. All you do, the, the first team scores, hey, they can either go for seven or go for eight. They go for eight, cool, whatever. Seven doesn't matter. Other team just gets one chance to go down the field. So, hey, it, it's more of a than a strategy game. Like, if you go for seven and the other team wants to go for eight to finish it off, cool. If you both go for seven and you both go for eight, the next score wins. I just oh. think you need to have one rebuttal. If like beer that. pong can do it, anybody else can do it. I don't like that. Um, I did hear a better one, at least by my standards. Colin Cowherd pitched a decent one, and I was like, I I don't like people upset with the OT rules in the first place because defensive players get paid. Them niggas make money too. So do your job and stop them and you win. That's my take on it. Um, but the best one I have heard, the alternative, would be his pitch was the away team gets to pick. Like, there's no coin toss. The away team gets to pick whether they receive the ball or whether they go play defense. And then from there, if you put your defense out there, you got to stop them, you win. You put your offense out there, you got to score, you win. And I'm not mad at that. It's going to put some pressure on niggas to win the game during the four quarters. No one's going to be playing to get to OT. And it helps you put your strength on the field. Like, you get the choice. You're either sending your defense out there to win the game for you or you're sending the offense out there to win the game for you. And I don't see, like, any real rebuttal to that or, like, how that would be bad. And it sits in line with the NFL is trying to shorten the games because they don't want people out there playing a whole nother quarter. So if they if if you put your offense out and kick a field goal, is that a win? Mm, I don't know. They didn't get into the – he didn't get into the uh, scoring on it, his score. But you know what? Yeah, that's points. Three points wins. If you go out there and you get in field goal range on my team, you kick a field goal, you're one. Defensive players get paid. Defensive players get paid great. These are NFL players. If you can't go out there and get one stop when the season matters, sorry, Bills, your defense couldn't get one stop when the season mattered. I don't know if you deserve to move on. And I would have said the same thing if the Chiefs did that. If the Bills got the ball, went down there and scored, Mahomes didn't get a chance to touch the ball, I'd be like, damn, that's tough. Like... It's, it's the NFL, nigga. Like, it ain't fair. It's professional sports. Ain't everything supposed to be fair. You had a chance to go out there and win just like every other team. You had an additional four quarters. So, I'm not mad at one team getting the ball. I think I, I just like mine. Just I don't even need it to be the regular season. No, regular season, who cares? But I think in playoffs, just one rebuttal, easy, easy solution. And then whatever happens, if you get a stop on defense on the rebuttal, hey, you win. If they score, then, hey, you get the ball back, and if you score again, it's over. Um, but it's actually funny because – so we all know that back in 2019, that's when the Pats beat um, the Chiefs in overtime. Um, to I think it was to go to the, either the AFC Championship or the Super Bowl. Was and then Super that's Bowl? the year that yes, the Super Chiefs – Super Bowl. So that's when the Chiefs that year in the offseason were like, hey, let's make an adjustment to the um, overtime rules back in 2019. Pretty much every owner was like against it, voted it down, and now that it's the Bills, it's like maybe we do need to make a change for it. People are saying that now, but I think they'd vote it down if it came to a vote, and I think the NFL Players Union would also vote it down because all they've done is try to make games shorter and make games shorter and make games shorter. This is probably going to extend the game. The shortest way to finish a game is first team with the ball to score wins. That's the easiest, shortest way to get to the end of the goal. And, yeah, it's good for TV. It's good for ratings to see both teams get the ball, both teams maybe go down there and score. But, like, realistically, I don't know how efficient that is because, one, 
like I said, defensive players get paid. These are not just scrubs. They got some real dogs out there. They got two all-pros on that Bills defense. Both safeties made the all-pro team, either first or second team. So they got some stars out there. So that's got to be said. And then two, both teams get the ball. Both teams score. Then it will be next team to score wins. That could be an additional 12, 13, 14 minutes, just depending on how long the drive goes. And, like, their goal is to shorten games. Now you got to send more players out there, risk more players getting hurt before the championship game next week. I don't like that. I don't think a lot of teams are going to like that. It sucks in this one scenario, but in the grand scheme of it, I don't think you want that. Well, I did see something that, and I, I definitely agree with it when I saw it, was, like, if the Bills had won that game, there would not have been as much of an uproar. It's because Josh Allen balled the fuck out. Oh. And then it's because people wanted the Bills to win. Realistically, look, it's not even as much as like the Chiefs. I, there's a lot of hate for fucking Mahomes' wife and uh, brother right now. So I think that's a lot of hate. But I do think it's just you, like, I feel like everybody's rooting for the Bills to win that. Yeah. And he played an outstanding game. Probably I mean, the best and, game and, I've ever seen a losing quarterback play. Yeah, and if I mean, even if you go back, this shouldn't have even been a thing. There was 13 seconds left, like squib kick it. I saw people who were like, "Hey, just tackle fucking Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill at the line, five yard penalty. Who cares? Like, make someone else win." Yeah, that defense didn't deserve that dub. Josh Allen did, but the rest of that team did not deserve a dub. Well, did you see the clip where Kelsey and uh, Mahomes were talking about like? before the Bills took that timeout, or after they took it, and they were like, Kelsey was like, yeah, if they come out with the same look, I'm just going to freestyle it. Yeah, no, I saw that. At the line. Yeah. I was like, I mean, fuck it, dude. Like, there was so much space. It was just wide open. Nah, he was, like, wide open. Um, Yeah, they – this is a prevent defense. Talk about it every time I see it. It's a scam. Um, all right, so Bengals, Chiefs, 49ers, Rams. It's clear you're rolling with the Rams. Are you taking the Chiefs or the forty, uh, the Chiefs or the Bengals to win it? Bengals, Rams. It's going to be a great Super Bowl. I want the I want the Bengals to win. I want it so bad. I think it would be so great. I think you're going to see a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. I would probably hate that. I think the Rams match up good with either team. I'd much rather see uh, Burrow in it. I'm not going to be mad if it was – if it ended up being Joe Burrow and Jimmy G, I wouldn't be mad at that either. But I don't think the 49ers guy would take to really take the Rams out. But Bengals plus seven, not a bad number. Mm. Um, all right, anything else sports talk, sports talk-wise before we wrap this thing up? Um, I've got nothing else. I got all right, that. Well, let's do some music and TV. And I guess if you're Morgan, if you have another book recommendation, go right ahead. I'm just on the second book of the book I was reading the last time we we were on. What book is that? It's called Red Swords. Mm, okay. And what's the music or TV? I don't know. I've been finishing everything. Um, the second episode or the third episode of Euphoria was fucking hilarious. Did anyone watch it? Nah. Something about watching teenagers as a grown-up feel weird. Well, they're adults in real life, so whatever. no. But like, it's a teenage-based show. Feels weird. <laughs> it's just real life. Yeah, but like, it's the real life of high schoolers. That's what makes it like weird. You ever well, watched Degrassi? No, but that's different because I grew up watching Degrassi. We grew with that. This will be like 
that's weird. Now that I'm like a grown man watching like high schoolers deal with high school drama, that'd be like, I don't call up my fucking cousin. Hey, yo, what'd you do at school last week? Like, that's weird shit. <laughs> that's crazy because I rewatched the first three episodes of Degrassi today. <laughs> no, I like Degrassi, but you can rewatch that because you grew up on it. Just like I can go back and watch Friday Night Lights or One Tree Hill because like I was in high school and that was going on. It'd be weird to like now get into a show based off of like teenage high school drama. Well, not weird because you do it fucking weirdo. Shout out Skins. Great, great show. The UK version, obviously. Did you say your music more? <laughs> I did not. Um, <laughs> the longest music and TV recommendation of <laughs> my fucking life. <laughs> All right, guys, just hit it. Um, Music-wise, Corday dropped an album. That's just kind of fire. Um, TV-wise, oh, back on Narcos. Narcos like the... I never watched the Mexico season. I need to watch it. Oh, Mexico went crazy as well. Um, TV wise, I'm on the fourth season of Gilmore Girls. Shout out, still loving it. Um, music wise, uh, I think her name's Ash. Her at album Ashlyn. Shout out, pretty good album. I was listening to it a little bit today while I was working. Now you just need a little different music in your life. So that's what I was doing. But we're going to wrap this thing up. So thank you for listening. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Porch Talk, No A. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review on Spotify. Share the podcast with a friend. We appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace.